everyone, and welcome to the 149th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro. Hi, guys. Now featuring the distance of about the entire molten core of a planet. Really? <laughs> Basically, I'm recording from Japan again, and Churro's recording from uh, from California again. Exactly. I never left California. Yeah, exactly. Except I did. Uh, yeah. So last time we were recording within mere inches of each other. And now yeah, like, it's like I just reach out and just touch Brandon. Yeah, he could have touched me any time. He didn't. He was he was a, he was a gentleman the whole time. That that's, that's my what that's, I'm known for. That's my Tinder review of Churro. <laughs> Does Tinder Thanks. have reviews? That would be so cool. They should add reviews to Tinder. I mean, they have reviews on like Yelp and Grubhub and Uber. Like, it's like once you're done with your Tinder date, you should like <laughs> rate them five stars. Five stars for this Uber. There you go. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a three-segment show today, our first segment being our news segment. We got a lot of like uh, follow-up interviews and, I guess, just interviews that probably were actually done at e3 but are like now finally coming out as you know these publications are releasing their information and then our second segment we have a very special segment we'll be joined by our patreon executive producer nahika blawi we're gonna have a nice chat with him and finally our third segment is our question segment in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Blue Machine, who is at Blue Machine on Twitter, Nahika Blawi, Lewis James, Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero, Chris Morales, Eric Decker, who is at Chaco Taco, Marcus Karnecki, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen, who is at Massacre23, Zach Duranto, who is at ZDuranto58, Billy Jackson, who is at underscore Billy Jackson, Darren Matthews, who is at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson, who is at Pokemon Trainer J, Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9, and Churro, if you take these last ones. We got Keith Field, who is at the Mighty Keith, Mike, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Muhammad Quayam, Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack 95. Patrick. Rachel Casterston at Uber Yoon Ray. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie 1. Tobias Kepi, who is at the Tobias Kepi with an E, not an A. Ty- Tyson Waldman at Ty Waldman 1. Vita Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And be a part of the show. Please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a quick update for the deep dive stream, thank you all so much for any of you who uh, joined me for the uh, Birth by Sleep deep dive stream. We got a good start, I believe. We just did, uh, we just wrapped up the, what was it? Uh, Snow, Snow White? Yeah, Snow, we did the Snow White world. So we did... Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. Our next stream will be Cinderella and I don't know, whatever world comes out after that. We're, we're still in, in Tara's world. I'm just so happy, Churro, that like, you know, 
the 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 Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts three was delayed to next year because now we can oh, play yeah. this kind of kind of relaxed, really chill. You, that's you, that's the nice. You got a thing. lot of time. You got a lot of time now. Yeah, because you know, you know, there's a lot of games to play. You know, namely Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. Those are two massive games, so. It's nice to just sort of take our time. Like, if any of you that are listening now were on the stream, like you know that, like you know this this kind of a stream, it's it's the deep dive chill stream. It is not the crazy stream like we did with Kingdom Hearts two, where it's like live streaming pretty much every day for like six hours. Like, it's not that. It's real chill. And uh, so yeah, if you guys want to join, the next deep dive stream will be on July seventh. And starting from, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So uh, if that works for you, that is a Friday evening and Saturday morning for me. So if that works for you, please join us. We are Twitch TV slash KH Union. And uh, moving on to our first segment, the news segment. And yes, our first bit of news is something we have been waiting all our lives for. Chikai is finally out yes Yay. churro we have been living in a simple and clean and sanctuary dominated world for years for several Since, uh, games yep it's all, been all a long ride the only options we've had for our utada kingdom hearts music has been just it's either going to be simple and clean or it's going to be sanctuary. Occasionally they get a little bit frisky and they they throw in like the orchestral version into the intros of these games. Like they'll they'll use that for the intro instead, but like at the end of the day, we only had two choices. Now and from now on, we will now have three choices when it comes to Utada music from Kingdom Hearts. We finally have. It feels had so good Chikai. to actually say that. We finally, I know. It feels so good to say we have another theme song released now. Exactly. But you know, I'm still waiting on "Don't Think Twice." But Chikai is good. I love. Yeah, Chikai. exactly, exactly. Like Churo, like do you do you even know how many times you've listened to Chikai at this point? Well, according to iTunes, it's, I am currently up to 152, I believe. That is that is dang good. And like, how how long is it? It's like four minutes, right? Yeah, but that but that's just on iTunes on my Mac though. Like, oh it doesn't yeah, yeah. Include, like the times I listen to it on my phone, exactly. on my Apple Watch, it's probably somewhere over two hundred and fifty right now. All right, so let's see, two fifty uh-huh, times about four minutes. That's thousand minutes. Divide that by sixty. Churro, I just want you to know that you have listened to Chikai for about sixteen hours, sixteen point six six repeating hours. Uh, so, uh, that's like basically half of Kingdom Hearts 3's length already. Hey, it's worth it. It's exactly just worth it. That's, that's kind of what, what was really trippy for me. Like, uh, b- back in the day, like looking at my, uh, play time of the episode Disguise demo from Final Fantasy 15. And it's like, wait, I've played this demo. The The timer here is listed at about like 60 hours. And it's just this stupid little demo area. And it's like, am I really going to even play Final Fantasy 15 as long as I've played this demo? And the answer was yes, about double. Like, I think my last time for Final Fantasy 15 was like 120 hours. But like still, like, 
all things considered, I play that demo a lot. So Chikai is probably going to be very similar for that for me because like, you know, they just it just dropped for us here in June and we got to wait all the way until January. So you better believe we're going to be listening to the song a lot more than you know, just these 16 hours that Churros clock so far. Like, I mean, I mean that that's just for the full song. I mean, for that little snippet that we had back oh, in February. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Top you know, of that. For, yeah, with, with Chikai there and Don't Think Twice, you know, that those snippets of both Chikai and Don't Think Twice were like over four, I listened to it on my Mac maybe over four to five hundred times and then including, you know, phone and yep. Apple Watch and yep. all that. That applies up to like 600 times. I listened to that one minute, 30 second snippet of it. Exactly, and there's like probably parts of Kingdom Hearts three that we won't play that long, but whatever. This is that's just life. It's good. It's worth it. Exactly. So uh, I'm really, really glad it's finally out. Um, yeah, just some things that I've I've noticed so far is that I haven't. Well, I haven't heard it yet, but from what I have heard online is that apparently Chikai is already playing on radios out here in Japan. So. I'm just, I'll I'll let y'all know. I got my ears open. I don't really listen to the radio out here, but on my way home from work, well, at at least one of the ways home that I go from work, usually if I go to 7-Eleven to buy dinner, I walk by a certain gas station and this gas station is always blaring like pop music. And occasionally I do hear Utada music from there because, um, I don't know, I guess they're playing like the radio or something o- over the radio there. And yeah, when the her last album, Fantome, when that came out, like occasionally I would hear music from that album there. And I think I've also heard her music at the the small little supermarket near my, near my apartment. So if I ever hear Chikai, like in person at, at a place, I'll let y'all know. And then well, my... I mean- and I promise the next time and then all the times into the future until I find it, I will, whenever I go to karaoke, I promise I will look for Chikai just, just to see if it's there. It will be there at some point, but like when that's, that's still, you know, that's still up in the air. We don't know when it'll be at karaoke, but I'll let you know when I find it. But the funny thing is that I love hearing Utada playing on the radio. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying radio here, but like when I yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Tokyo and in, in exactly. LA, there's Japanese markets. Oh yeah, it'll happen. Know, walking around, all of a sudden I hear like I hear like Final Distance or yep, you know, or something else like First Love will play, and I'm like, ah, this is so yeah, know, it touches my feel, my my heartstrings. I distinctly remember like one time I was at a a bookstore in the city next to me and I was just like looking at some manga and then just randomly colors starts playing and I'm like, oh my God, I love that song. They're playing my song. I, I loved it. And then also speaking of colors, a different time I was at, what was it? I think it was maybe Yoshinoya. It's either Yoshinoya or Sukiya. It's one of those like uh, beef bowl places. And I was there and I was like hearing this like really like crappy like music box cover. I don't even know if it was music box. It might have been like a xylophone cover of Colors by Utada. Because apparently like copyright laws out here like um, like I think they still have to pay Utada for the rights to play the song. But it's a lot less because it's an instrumental and doesn't actually include her vocals. So, like, sometimes, like, I'll go to, like, you know, like I said, like a restaurant, like, like usually a lower end restaurant. Or I go to the the, the 100 yen store and 
at those kind of places these usually like cheaper places they'll be playing like a really crappy like xylophone cover of random pop songs it's great yeah so uh yeah i'll i'll, I'll keep you guys updated if i ever hear chikai out in the wild and if i ever see it at karaoke so moving on uh, to some interview stuff. So like like we said earlier, Tetsuya Nomura did a lot of interviews like in and around E3. A lot of these are coming from Japanese magazines that are finally, you know, publishing stuff that uh, was released around that time. So uh, first bit of news is regarding uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So just a little bit of clarification that the Pirates of the Caribbean world will cover mostly story from uh, the uh, the world's end. Uh, because the second movie in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, is mostly just set up for the third movie and actually doesn't really have much of it like a proper ending. Like it, I think it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. I've never actually seen it, but uh, that, that's it basically does. what they're that that's what they're basically saying here is that yeah, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. So like, uh, World's End like actually has a proper ending to it. So. Because of that, that's why they decided to go with World's End. And also, Nomura said that he wanted to have uh, a fight with J- Davy Jones that was as dynamic as possible. So that's why, that's another reason why they went with uh, World's End. He was also talking about how, like, with this particular movie and with Pirates of the Caribbean in general, like, they want to cover, you know, land air and sea and like with the world's end like they go to island sometimes so that's land and obviously you know you got pirate ships and pirate ship battles so that's that's you know that's the sea and then for air like there's aerial battles we saw that kind of stuff in the trailer so like all of that together it's really interesting the way they they have it set up so very dynamic stuff uh churro i don't know about you but i can't wait to see davy jones in the game because him and his like crazy octopus face like that's gonna look so cool that's gonna be great i can't honestly i can't wait for i don't i mean am i allowed to say at world's end spoilers is that okay it's fine it's this is not a pirates of the caribbean podcast i'm sorry okay okay i just want to make sure you know some people are really you know but like i can't wait for like that big scene at the end where you know how they finally kill Davy Jones, and then yep, they yep. replace him with uh, Will Turner. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Like, I hope they include that entire I scene so. in there. I hope so. That, that, I mean, like, if you think about it, like with the Kingdom Hearts two story of Pirates of the Caribbean, they cover all of that. So all of that yeah. is like it's set up, so they can definitely cover everything. Yeah, because because when Nomura mentioned you know fight with Davy Jones, you know you had that big old fight with Davy Jones when they're fighting in the big giant. Uh, Oh, God, what's it called? That it's the whirlpool. The whirlpool, yes, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, yeah. When when Jack was fighting Davy Jones on top of the the thing, and while yep. they're riding the whirlpool, like I really want to see both experience that entire fight. Yeah, and also so. just just a little bit of you know, like fake drama and throwing shade. I distinctly remember a certain game that Tetsuya Nomura was kicked off of you know, that had a big old boss fight that had a big old whirlpool that he initially designed, but it was, you know, put into the game and it was a little bit kind of, a little bit wonky in the final game. So, oh my God. I, I remember watching when the leaks were coming out for 15 oh yeah, somebody streamed that fight. I was looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, this looks really janky and terrible. And, and when I played it myself, I was like, yes, this is really janky and terrible. And it's yeah. too long. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. For me, when it comes to the big boss fights in Final Fantasy 15, they just don't feel that great. And yeah, Leviathan, I would say Leviathan more so than Titan. I would say Leviathan was the most janky. And especially coming off of the like announcement trailer that looks so awesome, like the announce the original announcement trailer for 15, and they like made the Leviathan fight look so cool back then, but then like when they finally released it, it was not that good. Like I I just I just kind of like sneakily think that oh yeah this is like Tetsuya Nomura is like throwing shade at the 15 team like let me show you how to do a whirlpool boss fight so we'll see how that goes well have you ever noticed that like anything that you see in Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of like it's, it's kind of like the whole. It's, it's kind of like that song. Anything you can do, I can do better. Exactly, and it's not. It's not just Kingdom Hearts three. It's also like the FF seven remake. Like if you remember, like that that one gameplay trailer that you saw. Like there's so much stuff in that that's like, I distinctly remember this from like a versus thirteen trailer or like an interview about versus just, thirteen. Well, it just said that that that's not gonna look like it anymore because that's all like Cyber Connect two, and they kind of like yeah, it's not gonna look like that anymore. That. But like. Like, at the end of the day, it's Tetsuya Nomura's direction. So, like, man, I just can't wait to see. Because, like, yeah, like you said, like, pretty much, like, every time he puts something out, I'm just like, man, that looks like something you you were going to do in Versus 13 is this revenge. (laughs) And, like, I I just keep remembering that one interview that he did, like, I think it was in like 2014 when he was like talking about I'm gonna use all my anger and rage to make Kingdom Hearts 3 better that's it kind of seems like that you know like 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 nomura wanted to you know do so much with versus 13 but then like yeah. they unfortunately that didn't come to pass but now that the, the nice thing about all this is that nomura gained so much experience and learning with you know the engines you know the white engine exactly, the luminous yep. yep and then now he's on unreal now he sees like the benefits of having unreal versus an, un- an incomplete engine like luminous Yep, so exactly. like with the complete engine like on Unreal, he has and it's all not the tools just, laid out in front of him. Exactly. And it's not just that it's a complete engine, that's one level. Like the problem with Luminous for one was that they were developing Luminous at the same time as they were developing 15. So for one, it was a uh, it was an incomplete engine at the time, so that's why they couldn't use it for Kingdom Hearts. So Unreal Engine at the time was complete and then on top of that it's a general game engine. It's not just for making games like Kingdom Hearts 3. It's for making any kind of game. And then because of that, that's why Kingdom Hearts 3 is so free to have like so many different styles of gameplay in it. Like that's why, you know, you got the open world gummy ship. Like if the, if they were still using Luminous and they wanted to do an open world gummy ship, then it's like, oh man, now they now we have to make an engine for you know uh, you know flight you know flight combat and stuff like that, and then making swimming that combat. open world, and then now we got to do a whole separate thing for you know swimming combat and all the tech required for that. But it's like Unreal Engine four from the get go, it's not designed to just make one kind of game. It's designed to make any kind of game, and that's why. You know, if they want to make, you know, things like Classic Kingdom, for example, where that's a that's a 2D thing. Well, guess what? Unreal Engine 4, it has a whole, like, set of tools for making 2D games, too. So it's like, so, yeah. So pretty much this is, this is like a dream for Nomura. Oh, like, yeah. Like, especially it's, it's for... Like a developers, you wet dream for this. Oh, yeah. And it's not just like, this. it's not like just a wet dream for Nomura. It's a wet dream for, like, Kingdom Hearts because, like, even back in the day, Kingdom Hearts has always been the kind of game where it's like, throw in everything but the kitchen sink like it's like 
so many different types of gameplay in Kingdom Hearts games. Like if you look back to like Kingdom Hearts 2, like there's so many different like mini games and like different styles of gameplay and like that kind of stuff. It's hard to do, especially if you're using a custom engine and like we they don't have the kind of time that they have to devote to that kind of stuff anymore. So having a tool set that just is like, yeah, we can do that and we can run on mobile and we can do this and like there's so many different like options when it comes to see, see this U4. is one of the questions I always ask like Kingdom Hearts fans whenever I go out yeah. to cons and events and so like for those who wanted, you know, Kingdom Hearts three like after Kingdom Hearts two with the technology mm-hmm. available then, you know, Nomara wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff. Exactly. You know, Nomara would have had a hard time and it's I like, think if they did do that I think it would have suffered a lot of the same issues that like 13 suffered. And I think had we gotten kingdom hearts three back then it would have been remembered as like the janky kingdom hearts. And that's kind of how I felt like a lot of those HD games are like a lot of them don't age that well. That's why uh, 1.5 and 2.5, the PS4 remasters had a lot of issues. Yeah. So I, you know like that that whole generation it was like a very difficult development platform like you know ps3 had the cell processor and nobody really could understand it and took a long time for people to finally start developing games that were like you know properly utilizing the cell processor because it was such a hard processor to figure out and then like this generation like you got these boxes that are running on you know x86 based platforms that's basically like xbox one and ps4 like they're basically like kind of crappy PCs in a box and like that, you know, the bad thing is like they're a little bit low in the power side of things, but in terms of architecture, it's very similar to PC. So it's easy to develop for. So that's why you're seeing a lot better games these, these days, you know, and a lot more polished games these days. So yeah, so excited for that. So happy for that. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Tetsuya Nomura did say that a secret movie for kingdom hearts three has already been made, but it's currently not finished yet. So, you know me, I gotta unlock it. I don't know what it's gonna require, but I gotta unlock it. I'm just worried, Churro. I'm hoping, like, cause like with Dream Drop Distance, if I remember correctly, with Dream Drop Distance, like you didn't really need to, like, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter what, what, uh, what difficulty level you were playing on for Dream Drop Distance. It just mattered that you did that final like question thingy at the end and then that you did the little mini game during the credits and then you would unlock the secret it's kind of like uh, how persona 5 was versus persona 4 when unlocking exactly you know the correct ending because like persona 4 you had to go through like so many different loops just to get that that actual true ending and persona 5 you just had to answer the right questions yeah so So it's like hopefully they'll keep that up because like nowadays you know you don't have to like do i mean that's what the the thing was with like critical mode and proud mode is that you had less and less requirements, you know, which is, you know, kind of neat, but at the same time, the difficulty was a lot harder. And I'll just say personally, I think that specifically, like I didn't know at the time, because when I started playing dream drop distance, I played, you know, from the English release. So I didn't know what the requirements were for the ending for, for the secret ending stuff. So I started the game on critical and I will say personally, I felt that my gameplay experience with Dream Drop Distance was greatly negatively affected by starting on critical mode because it was so hard and required so much grinding. And I would say because of the grinding aspect of it that I had to like be in these worlds a lot longer, it really ruined kind of the pacing of it for me. 
So I, I do I did at the end of the day like Dream Drop Distance, but I feel like my experience was greatly negatively affected. So I personally like for anything like exactly. I've seen streamers I've seen streamers, you know I have a few friends that are, you know, playing the series again for Kate's three and Yep. Sometimes they have to dedicate a whole stream to grinding. Exactly. Which, you know, kinda of kills the moment like you said, kills the momentum of moving on to the next thing continuing the story which because they're too under leveled especially near the end of the games where yeah. you are at the final bosses and you're just too under leveled you can't win you die too easily yep exactly so now you so, got to dedicate yourself to grind so just you can beat the game so for me personally i really hope that they remove those kinds of requirements because like for me personally i don't care about 100 percenting the game the first playthrough but I do need to see the secret ending on my first playthrough. I want to see that because my main concern in the first playthrough is I want to experience all the story and I want to make myself immune to spoilers. Basically, I want to see all the story content and I want to see it delivered to me from the game. And I want that to happen as soon as possible. So then I can go out and talk to my friends about anything that I saw in Kingdom Hearts. I can watch anyone's video about Kingdom Hearts. I don't have to worry that I'm going to encounter any spoilers because I've seen everything already. And I saw it, you know, from my own playthrough. So that's not a spoiler. That's, you know, me unlocking it myself. So I want, like, that's the main thing for me. After that, like, you know, for my second and third playthroughs, like, sure, I'll, I'll go and I'll do more mini games or collect whatever and, you know, see other things. But like for like really important story stuff, especially with the secret ending, I got to unlock that my first time. So like that, that, so for whatever requirements that's going to have, if that's going to be easiest on critical mode, I guess I'm going to have to play on critical mode, but I just don't, I personally don't want to because I'm afraid that it's just going to like ruin my experience with Kingdom Hearts 3 the first time. So I don't know. It's a concern. But anyway, so that, you know, like they said, you know, secret movie has been made. Uh, Moving on from that, uh, a big concern for Kingdom Hearts 3 is actually the storage space because many of the uh, uh, cutscenes, they've decided to make many of these cutscenes for this game uh, pre-rendered so that it cuts down on load times. But in exchange, these pre-rendered movies are actually taking up a lot of storage space on the disc. So they're uh, kind of concerned about that. So I just wanted to quickly like uh, point out like if you wanted to see an example of something like this. So uh, so back in the day, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and 3 or 1 and 2 and like all the, the side games, uh, you know, we had our you know, full motion video opening movie, you know, like simple and clean and, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 had the sanctuary opening. And then other than that, you know, you would have your typical real time cut scene, you know, and there was like maybe like main, mainly two kinds of those kinds of cut scenes where uh, there was the high budget one where you would have the really nice 3d model that could fully animate the face and then there was the lower budget one where it was just like a 2d texture on like source face that would just open and close and kind of look like kind of look like crap uh so there was those two kinds of cutscenes, and then other than that there was the text box cutscenes, ones with no voice acting at all so back in the day those were the kind of cutscenes that we had uh this time around they've gotten rid of the the bottom end there are no more text box cutscenes, uh and uh, you know, so 
they have text box textbook cutscenes are gone. So now all cutscenes are either real time with voice acting, pre-rendered, uh, that are done in Unreal Engine four, and then I I'm guessing probably pre-rendered done by Visual Works. And uh, what I wanted to point out and what they're talking about here are these pre-rendered ones that are done in Unreal Engine four. So back in the day, Nomura talked about how there was how when they were releasing um uh a back cover uh with zero with zero uh with two on the 2.8 collection he was basically saying that back cover the quality level that they have achieved in back cover that was their target for kingdom hearts 3 but if you noticed a lot of the kingdom hearts 3 cutscenes they actually don't look that good they don't look as good as the cutscenes in back cover but that's where these pre-rendered cutscenes come from because if you remember and i told you guys this before Back covered is entirely pre-rendered. It is done in Unreal Engine 4, but it is pre-rendered. So what that means is they're using Unreal Engine 4, they're using the same models that they have from the game, but they're like in terms of effects quality, in terms of resolution, in terms of just graphics in general, lighting, everything, they're going like crazy with those cutscenes and they're basically pushing Unreal Engine 4 as far as it can go because they know it doesn't have to run on the PS4. It doesn't have to run on the Xbox. They're just going to record it as a movie and then put it in the game on the disc as a movie and you'll just watch it that way. So an example of this, we actually they actually did show one of these cutscenes in the prior trailers. Uh, if you want to see that, go look at the scene at the end of the last trailer that w- was released, the one of Ax- uh, of Axel or Lee and Kyrie. That cutscene looks amazing, and that's because that's because it's pre-rendered. And like, if you look at that cutscene, and then if you look at something like a scene from back cover, you'll notice oh, a lot of the lighting here looks very similar, and that's because. It is similar. It's the same. It's that. It, so they basically have a, like a lighting setting that they can only do in these pre-rendered cutscenes, and that, that's basically what what that is. And that's why they're pre-rendered. The downside of this, the downside of pre-rendered cutscenes is videos. You know, what you get on the disc is a video file. You know, I'm not saying it's an MP4, but you know, kind of like an MP4 file that's playing off of the Blu-ray. The downside of that is those files take up a lot of space. And because of that, they're, you know, they're restricted in certain cases. So that, you know, there's 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 pros and cons to this. A pro is that you can have as pretty graphics as you want because it's just a video. Uh, another pro, and they mentioned it here, is that it cuts down on load times. Because if you think about it, for a real-time cutscene, it's exactly the same requirements with regards to loading as it is for playing the game so if you have a real-time cutscene for example set in the castle town of rapunzel they got to load in all the models got to load in all the animations they got to load in the lighting they got to load in like all like everything voice acting and everything like that's a lot of stuff to load in or if they have a video cutscene of that just play the video just load the video and play it done it's easy it's fast anything can do it you know, like it, it's it's like the best way I could, you know, give an example of this is, you know, your iPhone could play a trailer of Kingdom Hearts 3. Your iPhone cannot play Kingdom Hearts 3. That's the difference. You know, your iPhone, if you load in 
the you know a trailer from Kingdom Hearts three onto your iPhone, how long does it take to open that video and press play? It's instant. It just plays. That's the same thing for this. Whereas, you know, if it was in real time, they got to load in all that content. But if it's if it's just a video, they can play it straight from the disc. They don't have to do loading anything at all. And the other nice thing is, while the video is playing, they could be loading something in the background because you have all these you know fancy processors on the PS4 and Xbox and all those consoles like that aren't doing anything. They're just playing a video. So while the video is playing, they could be loading the next level. They could be loading anything they want. The other nice thing is. Because load times are not an issue, they can do cuts between different areas at the same time. And, you know, if you see like modern cutscenes these days, it's very rare for you to see a real time cutscene where uh, they'll be showing a scene from one area and then cut to a completely different area without going without the screen going black for a, a while and actually loading that next part of the scene because they actually have to load it. But if they wanted to do a cutscene where, you know, Sora is like maybe out in the battlefield and then someone calls out to him, you know, maybe maybe Sora pulls out his cell phone, his new fancy cell phone, and is talking to someone on the phone. And then in a completely different area, they want to cut to them, like actually talking on the phone, that other person. Like that would be pretty much impossible with a real time cutscene because they would have to they have to completely unload all the stuff from where Sora is and then completely load in all the stuff from where that other character is. That's that's just too much. So there's a lot of benefits. The downside is it takes up a lot of space on the disc, and as a result, uh, Nomura says that because of the data restrictions and because the Japanese version and the English version will end up having different. Uh, lip sync data uh, it's pretty much impossible for them to have both Japanese and English on the same disc and like I was saying you know it takes up a lot of data a good example of this is Final Fantasy 13 the PC version on the PC version you can actually go into the folders and see the the pre-rendered cutscenes for F- FF13 they have Japanese and English and each one each language just the FMVs is 20 gigs for one language. So in total, that's 40 gigs. 40 gigs of out of, I think, like 60. So 66% of the data of the PC version of Final Fantasy 13 is just pre-rendered cutscenes. And that's just like, that's crazy. So yeah, because of that, don't expect... To play uh, a Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts three, uh, without actually buying the Japanese version, and I would also say, don't expect there to be DLC to do it either, because that DLC download would, like I said, probably have to be at least like twenty gigs, and I don't think most people would want to download that because that's the reason why we're not uh, Europe. Unfortunately, is not getting, you know, dubbed in their languages because that's yeah. gonna if if they went that route. They, they would, would have to probably release it as DLC and delay it further just so exactly. it can... Exactly. And, like, could so. you imagine that, like, if, like, hypothetically, if they did want to do that on the disc, okay, so that would mean that if they had a French version, for example, that means they have to print a completely separate disc 
just for France and I guess and then on top of that what do you do for Canada because Canada is English and France and French so for Canada what do you do okay so you have to release the French version on its own disc and then the English version on its own disc like that's just like like what do you do <laughs> like they can't they can't do that like if they're gonna re- if they're gonna have all these languages on the same disc like yeah, it, it would be impossible. Blu-rays are just not that big. En- they're not big enough. Like the dual layer Blu-ray right now, like maximum, it's still the same as it's always been. It's still 50 gigs. So like like I said, like with the PC version of Final Fantasy 13, the PC version of Final Fantasy 13 literally could not fit on a Blu-ray because it's over 50 gigs and it has the same issue. And that's just two languages. Whereas for Europe... Uh, they they have this term out there called e figs, so e f i g s. So that stands for English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish. So that's like you know that's uh e f i g s. That's five languages. Like like the PC version of FF thirteen is over fifty gigs, and that's just two languages. Whereas Europe, you need you need at least to support you know five different languages. Like that would be crazy. That's like so on top of the Japanese, that's an additional like about a hundred gigs. <laughs> not gonna happen. Yeah, not gonna happen. That's two Blu-rays, so no way. So that is unfortunate. Also unfortunate. He was saying that uh, they're they're not even considering a, a final mix version, which they, they kind of said in the past. But he also mentioned that like it wouldn't even work like on the disc. Because like the idea of a final mix version, it's is it's like, you know, it's the original game plus extra content, and it's all on the same disc. Like he's not even sure if they can do that, and that's like such a common thing these days is to have like a game of the year edition where it has all the you know all the DLC included. But it's like he's like I'm not even sure if we can do that because like we don't even know if we can fit most of the content we were making for Kingdom Hearts three as it is. So, but he did say uh, that, you know, they are, of course, planning DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, um, but uh, none of the specifics are decided, but he did say that they will not start work on DLC until the main game is complete. Thank God. Like, I know for a lot of people these days, like, that is such a big concern because, like, you always hear that these companies, like, half halfway you know in the middle of their development they're talking about you know pre-order now and get the blankety blank dlc exclusive for pre-order at gamestop it's like why are you working on dlc you know you're not even finished the game yet i don't know so that's that's good to hear that namora's got his uh priority straight like most important thing is to finish the main game and then, uh, yeah, and I guess, like, one last bit of interesting news that came out of the interviews. This one's a bit of a hot-button issue, I guess. Nomura says that he's relieved that he can finally tell the full story of Kingdom Hearts, but he's a little sad that some characters will never appear again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That made a lot of people sad and angry. That made, that made a lot of people sad. And I'm just going to say, like, that news plus, you know, Chikai. Like, there's this one part of Chikai that, you know, like the bridge where it abruptly changes to a different style and it's very dark. And I'm just thinking in my head, you know, I'm just imagining the opening movie, what that's going to be like. And then this dark 
turn. It takes a dark turn, and I'm just like, who just died? Who just died in that opening movie? <laughs> like, don't do this to me, Nomura. Don't do this to me, Utada. I don't need this Dude, right this, now. This, this game's gonna be, like, a huge, like, crying fest. Exactly. Like, that's why I can't wait for people to stream, because it's like, let's see their reactions on everything. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna be, it's, it's gonna be golden. It's gonna be great. And, like, Nomura's saying, like, he's surprised people are so shocked at aqua you know turned out that she got norted you know turned into one of the xehanorts and he's like what you guys are shocked at that oh that's, yeah, that's, he, not, he that's was, not even that big of a deal he was hoping more for of uh being shocked over like the frozen or the pirates reveal but nope, yeah 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 aqua. it's like and it's like okay pirates was a big surprise but frozen yeah. was really been anticipating since like two like dream draw distance exactly like, be, we've been yeah, waiting so for frozen like, like on top of that like frozen was such a big deal and on top of that it was like not just a big deal in america it's a big deal globally and very big deal in japan so it's like duh of course frozen's gonna be in it pirates yeah pirates was a big surprise because like i don't know for a lot of people it's kind of a divisive world in the first place you know maybe some people didn't like the story or whatever but and on top of that it looked kind of weird on the ps2 because you know sora kind of look out of place but like seeing pirates of the caribbean and seeing how good it looks like that is a surprise but like yeah aqua being norted <laughs> i guess riku replica that's also a bit of a surprise you know Kyrie with her new outfit kind of a surprise but that kind of got leaked too but whatever so really, really exciting stuff. I, I can't wait to to hear more about this in the future, of course. And then, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess to wrap it up, uh, the next place I guess we can see Kingdom Hearts at that we know of uh, officially announced is uh, Kingdom Hearts Three will be going to Japan Expo in France. Yay! It's gonna be really awkward when they go out there with an English demo and be like, "Sorry, <laughs> we're not gonna do a French version." Yeah, it's unfortunate, but at least, hey, you guys are able to play Kingdom Hearts 3 early, so... Yeah. I would say, take this opportunity, you know, don't hold back, just play it. You know, I exactly. got to play. I got a chance to play at the premiere, then I got a chance to play again at E3. Yep. So, you know, take whatever you... Like I said, it's seven months until the yep. game's out. Yep. So, take any opportunity to go play the demo. Exactly. Also, uh, j- just wanted a-, a quick mention. If any of you guys are wondering... Well, why did Final Fantasy fifteen get French and German and you know whatever other voices that they got? So the deal with Final Fantasy fifteen, I believe, is that they used all of the same. Uh, so they use all the same cutscene data from the English version. So it's a straight up dub with no reanimation of the of the lips. So. Uh, yeah, for Final Fantasy 15, it's similar to uh, Final Fantasy 13 in that the cutscenes, um, the the only uh FMV cutscenes that they have, uh, th- they only have a Japanese version and an English version with Japanese and English lip sync. Also, Final Fantasy 15 does not have that many pre-rendered cutscenes. Most of the cutscenes are real time, so that's the other thing. Uh, that's why they're so at able- least. That's why they're able to have the English and the Japanese uh, lip sync, but they did not, from what I understand, they did not lip sync the French or the German. They basically just have to dub over the English voice animation. So basically, no more 
just Nomura was actually you know anticipating that extra step to redo the lip syncs just so exactly. they can match it. You know, and that's gonna take too much time and exactly and so data. So you know, I would, Nomura's I, already thinking about it, but yeah. you know, he knows that it takes too much time. I'll also say that uh, I don't think Kingdom Hearts three has as big of a budget as what Final Fantasy fifteen has. So oh, yeah. if you think about it, like it it, it it would cost a lot to completely re-record like the entire script in another language, even if they're not reanimating the voice clips for each language. So just just throwing that out there. It is unfortunate. I am I do recognize that I am privileged privileged to be uh in a you know you know, to be born in an English speaking country. So I, you know, I get my language all the time, but yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, the, you know, the French audience and the Spanish audience and the, you know, German and Italian audience. I'm sure it sucks, but you know, it's just the realities of game development, unfortunately, but just go higher and they have to go somewhere and it tends to go in other places uh, before it goes into localization. So moving on to our next segment, our executive producer chat with Nahi Kablawi. Hello. How's it going? Going pretty good. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing just fine. So uh where where are you hailing from? You're from America, is that correct? Yes, I am in the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota, don't you know? Oh boy, yeah, that's that is the Minnesota accent. Oh yeah. I, I, which I can't do, but I am at least tangentially aware of thanks to the tv <laughs> so uh that's that's awesome so uh as as is tradition with these pa- patreon executive producer segment chats uh we always start with our three kingdom hearts diagnostic questions Ooh. to basically basically deduce your sanity <laughs> and and determine where you fit in the spectrum of, of of the Kingdom Hearts fan community, yeah, these these are these are really important questions, and we'll say a lot about you. So all I can ask is that you answer truthfully, as truthfully as possible, even if the truth is sad. I, Boy Scouts honor. Yeah. So, uh, and, and these this is not this is not a a Myers Briggs test. So it's not like uh, agree or disagree. You know, the answers can be whatever you'd like, and. Uh, you know, the, the audience will be your judge. Alrighty. Alright, so first question. Dun dun dun. What was your first Kingdom Hearts game? It was the very first Kingdom Hearts on the PlayStation 2. Okay, you answered the right answer. Whew. <laughs> yeah, so, some people have said in the past, like, 358 over 2, and Ooh. I've had to be very polite and be like, oh, that's good. Which <laughs> look to be, okay, to be clear, that is fine, but we yeah. all know the right answer. We all know the right answer is Kingdom Hearts one. I mean, someday soon people are gonna be like Kingdom Hearts three was my first. That is that is so true because like, you know, as long as we've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts three, like there are kids that were born when Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts two came out that are old enough to play now, so oh, that's so crazy. That, that is that is yeah. It's an unfortunate thing. That being said, um, but before we get into our next two questions, uh, recently there was this like Square Enix player survey and mm-hmm. th- that I did, and they were asking like, what kind of game 
do you want us to make next? And my number one recommended game, it wasn't it wasn't like a remake, it wasn't anything like that. My recommendation from what I wanted was I want a new entry point into the Kingdom Hearts series. Okay. I want to be able to say that new game that came out, you can totally start there. You do not need to play all the ones in the past. Oh, but, okay. But, you know, you play this new entry point, and then maybe you get interested in Kingdom Hearts, and then after that, okay, now, you know, if you're interested in Kingdom Hearts, by all means, go play the HD remixes, play Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, all that. But And this, this inspiration... For me, came from my experience getting into the into the Yakuza series, which has a game called Yakuza Zero, which oh, replaces yeah. it replaces Yakuza One as an entry point into the series. You do not need to play any other Yakuza game. You can start at Yakuza Zero. It has all the new polished fighting mechanics. It has all the new polished side quests. You get all the benefits of all their developments over the years, and Plus, it, you can just start there. So that's something I want for Kingdom Hearts. That's really nifty. So hopefully one day we'll get something like that. Yeah. But I think, you know, knowing Square, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, there totally is something like that. Oh, what is it, Square? Oh, it's called Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. And then uh, I just die inside. Um, that's <laughs> that, is, not... that is not the answer, Square. Uh... That is not what that is. And you know it. They know it, but they refuse to really acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they would be kind of right in the sense, in a very cynical sense, in the, uh, yeah, this is an entry point into your wallet sense. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so mo- moving on from there. Before before we uh, rant about your name cross for a whole episode. Exactly. Because that, that, ve- that is very easy. Uh, but anyway, uh, second diagnostic question. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. What is your favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Ooh, okay. I've thought about this. And yes. it's a cliche answer, but Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay, okay. I think that is that is totally fair. Uh, do you want to uh, at least give us a couple of points as to why you think so? Yes. Um, so this is for like fiction in general. But I usually group them, like, good pieces of fiction, I group them in two separate places. Okay. There's the ones that are basically, you know, masterpieces. We can call them perfect. Mm -hmm. There's barely any flaws. Yes. And then there's the ones that are good despite their flaws, like, in spite of them. Okay. And Kingdom Hearts 2, for me, falls into, it's kind of both, but more so into the, it has flaws, but I think it's still good in spite of them. Yes. Yes. Plus, the gameplay is really fun. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say like, yeah, the the latter is probably uh, most people's common answer as to why. Uh, but yeah, I I would also agree that you know having since gone through the deep dive stream and and played through Kingdom Hearts two again, I, I can definitely agree there are definitely a lot of things to love with uh, Kingdom Hearts two, and it is good in spite of its flaws. Mm-hmm. I have my own little uh, working. Uh, feeling about how people accept fiction and that is there is there are works that are good 
that are like in, in oh, good in the sense that almost in an objective way they are uh-huh. good. I, I would say Last of Us, The Last of Us, is a game like that. That uh-huh. there is like an almost academic level of goodness to it that is objectively a good work. And then I can there see are that. then there are works of fiction or games that you love, that you choose to like regardless of anything. And I would say. You know, Kingdom Hearts largely falls into that because, you know, as you say, th- there are flaws. But, you know, for the people that in- accept the, ep- accept the Kingdom Hearts games, they can find a lot of good things in them despite their flaws. And you can still love them. I would say also Sonic and the <laughs> Sonic community. <laughs> I uh... think the Sonic community is a living proof that people can love games. Mm-hmm. And I would say Sonic is the kind of game that you have to love. You can't you can't really critique it and find the true like objective value in it. It's got to be something that if you like it, it's because you love it mm-hmm. and you choose to love it. So that's that's sort of my my take on it. But yeah, I could definitely see Kingdom Hearts two being that way, and uh, I would say also, especially for the gameplay. Oh my god, so good! It's uh, like, it's... I would say Kingdom Hearts combat perfected. How would you say? Uh, I'd say, yeah, I guess I'd say basically perfected. I mean, it's so good that I literally boot up 1.5 plus 2.5 just to play, mm-hmm. like, the data organization because it's just so oh, yeah. fun. Absolutely. Yeah, and when I say it's Kingdom Hearts Combat perfected, I mean, like, mostly the data organization mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's that's where it actually, like, forces you to utilize all its mechanics very true whereas other aspects of the game namely the story like once you've got once you understand the mechanics you don't necessarily need to use all of them whereas with data org like you you just always have to use it especially if you're playing on critical exactly exactly which yeah that was that was my experience and oh boy yeah that was that was rough but it it, it is doable though i i I gotta ask you (laughs) so data org I can agree. That's fun. And and mastery, I would say mastery of data org, the data organization fights. I would say mastery of that is fun. Oh yeah. I personally have not come to that acceptance of lingering will. I still having beat him twice, I still do not think it's fun. How do uh, you feel about lingering will? Lingering will, for me that one's interesting because every time I do that fight, cuz I do it after yes. I do the data org every time. Yes. Yes, um, of course. It does seem to get easier for me. Okay, that's but good. I mostly chalk that up to the fact that I did the data org before that. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. ever it, just it, jump it, into gets, it, well. it gets you up to snuff on what you're supposed to do. Okay, I yeah. Think for me, I, I've only done, done this... I've only done both twice in the sense that I've only beaten all of the data org and then gone and beaten lingering will i've only done this thing twice so i will say that the data organization seems to become more fun as i play it Mm -hmm. most of them but lingering will uh having i think for the actual deep dive stream i think the death count was 42 so i played 42 rounds of lingering will and it was not something that got fun at mm-hmm. some point it was just like oh i finally did it <laughs> right i can say for lingering will i've never beaten him first try the closest i've gotten yeah. was in three tries 
Okay, that well, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Because like, I mean, I don't know about for you, but for me, there are just some things that he does where it's just like, oh, he did that thing. Okay, the, where he this, locks my the, commands. Yes, whenever he does oh. that, I'm just like, all right, this run, this run's done. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's my I magic, because I can't heal. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, there's just some some of them. You know, he'll lock you out of certain things, and it's like, oh, okay, like. He locked me out of everything but drive. Okay, maybe I could work with this. You know, maybe form. I could get, get into like limit form or something and yep. do some cool things. But yeah, you're locked out of magic. You're locked out of, you know, physical attacks. There's like, mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no. Locking out of physical attacks, that's good because I'll usually have Donald Duck with uh, Fantasia. Oh, then, I've never tried that. That's... That was my bread and butter, and actually, I think, if I remember correctly, the the way I did it in the deep dive stream was that I had Fantasia going, and that basically the instant he the battle starts, start Fantasia. Don't even let him get an attack off on you. Uh, the nice thing about Fantasia is it gets your MP down to MP charge, then have uh, Berserk Charge turned on, and then use horizontal slash. Oh, and then you'll and then, just keep horizontal slashing. and oh. Exactly. Until he does his revenge, of course. Right. And basically it's a, it's a loop of a lot of that where, you know, uh, he'll, he'll do a revenge. And then, you know, you got you to get your MP back. You do the Fantasia. Get him into a combo, aerial combo into or- horizontal slash as far as you can take him until he does his next revenge. And then just rinse and repeat and something that i've noticed with that is that at some point in berserk charge and doing the horizontal slash it does count as a combo finisher it does yes yeah and so yeah you can beat him that way so that was the way i did it it's not his revenge value lets you keep going that long yeah yeah as well as long as as long as you can go and that is why it took like 42 tries because it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a you know, you have to get all the right mm-hmm. s- scenarios to be, you know, line up properly. Right. And then it's, you'll finally be able to win. So that's the way oh, I did it. I'm going to have to try that uh, Fantasia. I've never done that before. Yeah. Uh, so I got that. Well, I, I, I've always spammed Fantasia, but I f- found out that that was kind of viable when I saw some uh, some uh, speedrunners use Fantasia. And specifically, it's Fantasia right at the start, and that deals with how his first attack is random mm-hmm. and, and you have to sort of like, you know, deal with it with Fantasia. You don't have to do anything. Just do Fantasia. And it's just like, it always works, you know, no matter what, pretty much. So nice. yeah, that, that, that was the thing that helped me. So, all right. So we got Kingdom Hearts 2 is favorite game. Mm-hmm. So now let's go to the other side of the coin. What is your least favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Uh, this one is like the hardest one for me. Oh, is it? Okay, let's Be- hear. Because A, you know, Kingdom Hearts is like my child. Yes. It's like, I'm v- I very much defend all the games to a degree. Oh, okay, that's fair. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to put them on a pedestal and be like, they're perfect. There are flaws. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They all hold a special place to me. Okay. Uh, but the, the other reason why it's hard is because I have a couple. I don't have a one. Yes. Okay, okay. Um,. So how many is it just couple as in two? Yeah, literally just two. Okay. Then then I I will take those two as an answer. And yes. would you say they're both equal in the the amount that you 
maybe see flaws in them. Yes. Okay, so let, let's let's hear let's hear either one, regardless of order. It doesn't matter. All right. So, uh, recoded. Okay, that's the obvious answer, yes. and I totally agree with you. I, yeah, because for me, recoded. Uh, the gameplay is nice, and I I like the story for in the Castle Oblivion part. Yes. But like everything up till then is kind everything of else been there done <laughs> yeah. that. Exactly. Except yeah, not that's quite. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I I feel less bad about being down on recoded because at least this is how I rationalize it is that it's okay to hate recoded even if you are a Kingdom Hearts fan because so this was there this was a you know obviously originally a mobile game mm-hmm. and Episodic. this was this was a mobile game that they were doing without really all that much input from Tetsuya Nomura oh. until the final chapter, which, oh. hey, surprise, it's Castle Oblivion. Surprise, hey, that's the good part. It's like, that makes so, so much sense. Yeah. It, and actually, Union Cross is kind of the same thing, is that like that's why so many of those quests up until like a certain point where they start like having original characters. Oh yeah. I guess Nomura was just busy about say <laughs> Union, Union he, cross is my other one. Okay. Well, there you go. And it's, Hey, guess what? Also cell phone game. Also the same problems. Mm-hmm. Ah, so. that, that explains so much. Yeah. Though I will say, um, you know, there, there are reasons to dislike both and for different reasons mm-hmm. um, or sim- I guess similar reasons, but at least with Union Cross, my biggest qualm with it is not necessarily, you know, the story. And well, I have big qualms with the gameplay, but at least in terms of story, I like the story that they started to tell midway through and have continued to tell. I, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think the spacing is god awful and oh yeah, horrible. And uh, yeah, that that that's basically the gist of it. And mm-hmm. if they were to ever re-release this as a single-player forty-hour game, I would feel a lot better about I it. I would be so down for that. Yeah, because th- there's a there is a lot in there that could be good. Mm-hmm. And, Especially with yeah. all the uh, you know, like you said, the original characters. All that's really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Go through amazing. like hours of like Disney filler to get there. Ugh. Yeah, if we could just cut out all of that, mm-hmm. that would be a lot better. All right, so I think that covers uh, a good amount of diagnosticness. So what I want to know is, so what elements about Kingdom Hearts do you love the most? Because there's there is just so much to love about Kingdom Hearts. Well, one of the uh, major aspects of Kingdom Hearts that I love ever since the first game was the music. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely can can resonate with that because man, the you know, everything about Kingdom Hearts had like so much going against it in concept, you know, mm-hmm. it's Disney and Final Fantasy and then like, you know, everything about it in premise just seems like it's not going to work and then it just start everything about it does and then the music comes and it's just like, wow. Ah. Uh. And it's not just us. It's not just us that love it. They they are they are they are they literally have a worldwide concert tour that goes on tour around the world and sells out and they have a big old live orchestra and a bunch of grown-ups have to, you know, play on instruments that they spent thousands of hours 
and you, you know studying to to be really good at and you know the kingdom hearts music is so good that you could make professionals have to play it and make money off of it i'm I so proud awesome. of that yeah that's so great mm-hmm. so what 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 are some of your favorite kingdom hearts songs uh throughout the series Cause there's just so many really mm-hmm. great ones well, I have a, a. I obviously like one of the ma- you know more main ones like Destati. I can never get tired of listening to that one. Absolutely, that's the best. Uh, but I also like more of the obscure ones that no one really talks mm-hmm. about. Uh, yes. Night of the Cursed, which is the Port Royal uh, field theme for Cage Two. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah that that one that one is yeah it, it's definitely a more of a I guess a more ambient piece. Mm-hmm. Very moody. Really sets the 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 scene, so to speak. Especially in the uh, two point five remix rendition. Oh yeah, oh. definitely. Yeah, yeah. In two point five, they uh, you know they they redid the music and like you know there were definitely some tracks that were lacking in, <laughs> He's in a the original in the original release, especially in that particular world. And yep. uh, thankfully, Video Game Orchestra, the team that was involved, uh, they knew. So they fixed it. Oh, I'm so happy so, they decided yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I, I guess this would be an interesting question. Which game do you think, on the whole, has the best music? Ooh, um, ooh, that's that's a tough question. Yeah, uh, that is tough. I'd say, like, it, if you if you had to listen to only one soundtrack from one of the games. Which one would you choose? Oh, I'm like stuck between KH1 and KH2. Yeah, that that is a tough one. <laughs> I, if it was me, mm-hmm. I'll just say personally, I would go for Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm-hmm. Reason being is I feel like they, I feel like they both achieve the same highs, like in, in the soundtrack, like they both have. Like like their best songs are really good. I think Kingdom Hearts One's worst songs are a little worse than <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Two's worst songs. I think I I guess I'd have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so, there's a lot. I think for me, there's definitely more mm-hmm. tracks in Cage Two that I would you know bump to than in Cage One. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's that's great and. Uh, let's see, uh, what, what are your impressions? So I'm, I'm assuming you've heard the, uh, the, the recent, the recent trailers of Kingdom Hearts 3 and Uh, some of them have some newer music. Oh, yes. And, uh, one, uh, particularly new song just got released out here in Japan, namely the theme song. How do you feel about the new King Hearts theme song, Chikai. Uh, well, I've listened to it a couple times. Um, okay. My initial reaction, uh, I loved it, but uh, you know, the there were bits where she goes like kind of really quick. Yes. And that like uh, stuck out to me because you know I'm not used to that. So yeah, yeah. That was weird, but um, after repeated listenings, I thought I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know okay. if I'd say it's as memorable as like you know passion or hikari or you know their english versions but i mean yeah. i'll have to wait to see because i think the main reason i like those two is because i heard them in the game first 
True, true. And I think for a lot of people that feel maybe a little bit more divisive about it, I think it's because we're hearing it out of context. Mm-hmm. And I will, I'll just say that when I was listening to it for the first time, just, you know, as the song on its own, I was trying to imagine what kind of situations could be arising and then well obviously like the first questions any kingdom hearts fan will have is like is this the opening version of the song or is it the ending version of the song i think like, it's the they ending could, they could go either way I, I i i'm with you i agree that it's the ending so i went on that path mm-hmm. and when it gets to that part where it very abruptly starts going very fast so mm-hmm. it's not just that it goes fast it gets dark like it's kind of dark and then i'm just like who just died? <laughs> oh, like you mean the the, the lyrics? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I so, didn't. I never looked up the translation, but I saw that someone made them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I, in general, the whole song is kind of dark. Just, mm-hmm. just a little bit of background. So, the lyrics of Chikai, they're actually a lot less related than it seems. Don't think twice. Is they're a lot related, related, a lot less related to Kingdom Hearts. As it would, as it would seem like maybe some of the other ones were. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's what it's actually about is a marriage that's not going so well, oh. and how you know the husband is not really all that loving, and it's kind of like at that point where things start getting really accusatory. Oh no! <laughs> of the husband and just. You know, not related to anything at all, but you know, a couple of months ago, uh, Utada got divorced. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Awkward. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. Oh so, no! I'm not. I'm not saying Utada's airing out her dirty laundry in the Kingdom Hearts Three theme song. I'm just oh. saying that is kind of that's kind of <laughs> a little bit close, a little bit soon. Oh. Yeah. But she didn't think twice about it. She didn't think twice about it. That is true. Oh. Yeah, so. Oh, well, now that, n- that, knowing that context, I'm, I'm imagining like Sora and Kyrie. that's what I think about in this song. Just like Yeah, it's fighting. scary. Oh. Well, I was sort of thinking maybe it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's like, maybe it's maybe it's Aqua. And, and this is like, maybe Ooh. this is Aqua. And then she's like talking to, and this is like a message to her friends so in the same way uh, I you know a that. divorce a divorce is painful for lovers maybe this is like a divorcing of friends and mm-hmm. separating from the light like y'all just y'all guys are a bunch of idiots mm-hmm. <laughs> moving on i mean that, that i could see that working for what we've seen of aqua so far in cage three like yeah as especially the last trailer, I would say, Ugh. you know, Mickey, you're too late. I think, oh, maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's not a divorce song. It's a it's a song about Aqua yelling at Mickey. <laughs> she said, "I've been stuck here for twelve years." Exactly, and and like, what's the last thing Mickey said to her? Like, she was like, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling kind of bad. I'm like stuck here in the dark." And then Mickey's like, "Oh, don't worry, you'll be fine." He totally <laughs> did. He was like that one friend who goes, don't be sad because being sad sucks and you should just yeah. get over it. Just get over it. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's all in your head. He li- like, oh, oh, I felt so bad. I, I've been, I literally have been here for 10 years. Mickey, you have, you have been with your wife 
for the past 10 years doing God knows what. I've been here doing absolutely nothing and suffering. And not only that, but like when he finally shows up, he can't save her then either. Yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah. That's so. So that was so that was 10 years there. And then so it's it has since been another what, like a year or two. I want to say two. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're not sure yet. It has has not been confirmed if a, a, another year has passed, but at least mm-hmm. I would say at least a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, that's all it took that that extra year and a half, and her hair turned white. But oh, that being oh, said, oh. that that wasn't the last time we saw her, because we saw her in Birth by Sleep and the Secret Ending, and she met with Ansem the Wise in yes, the Secret Movie in the Blank Points. So there was that in Black Points, so that that would have been immediately after Kingdom Hearts two. So, so something between new... then and then when we when Mickey and Riku find her, something yes. happened. Something happened, and the only thing I can think of is uh, Dream Drop Distance. That's the only like game that happened. So maybe something during that game. It's possible because so. uh, there was that one scene when Master Xehanort showed up. You know, after you fight Young yep. Xehanort, and all yep. of the, the Xehanorts are there. Yep, that is true. And uh, they they specifically say something along the lines of, uh, you know, they, they list off all the characters that are supposedly members of Light. And then he's <laughs> like, well, uh, with, you know, uh, you know, I have, I, I, I forget the specific wording, but he's basically saying like, you know, minus one of those people, you know, I have one of those people, but he doesn't specify who it is, and we all assume it's Terra. Oh, uh, Sora and another on your list belong to me. Yes, exactly, yes. So that one, and... Oh! It could be Aqua. That just hit me. Yeah, it could be Aqua. Oh, no! That, that, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. We all just assume Terra. How, how, yeah, yeah, everyone does, but, like... It, it it makes sense for it to be Terra because why would it like if he also had Aqua why wouldn't he have Terra because technically since we saw Ansem and Zemnus wouldn't that mean that's wouldn't that be Terra Ansem and Zemnus like I yeah don't get it, but like theoretically that would be the collection of what Terra is but mm-hmm. maybe somehow maybe due to the events of kingdom hearts one or the events of 0.2 maybe somehow Terra got out because of that and then <sighs> actually he was referring to aqua i'm sure know. ericus helped out too but i just don't know how yeah somehow <laughs> somehow ericus <laughs> helped but you know in ericus fashion he can only he can only help someone if he hurts somebody else oh no yeah so we we will have to see so uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that that definitely leads uh, uh, perfectly into what what are some of the characters that you like from the Kingdom Hearts series? Ooh, ooh, this is a, I actually came up with a top ten list a while back. Oh great! Uh, I'm not gonna give you all ten, but I'll just a couple. Okay, yeah, um, sure. My number one is Riku. Okay, because I think he's a cool character. He has a great character development and i kind of relate to him on levels yep i would definitely say that they have treated treated him a lot nicer in terms of character development than even sora mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree uh and then uh, a character who i'm hoping could jump up into my top 10 would be Kyrie, depending on what happens in kh3 
Yes, yes, definitely. I, I want her to be in my top 10, but just as of yet, she hasn't really earned that spot. Yeah, but it, it's mostly that she hasn't had the opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. She's very underutilized. Yes, agreed. And uh, any any other top ones up there of note? Any surprising uh, ones? Any surprising ones? Uh, ooh, uh, in my top 10, I have uh, Vanitas and Larxene. Oh yeah, those. Oh man, those because they're just I, so. I especially love Larkseed. Yeah, yes, I love it. Yeah, I would say yeah, Larkseed, Larkseed especially. She is a good villain, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I was so happy that she was shown in the most recent trailers. I was like, finally. Oh, I didn't expect her to be like you know Norded, but yeah. I mean, I'm not mad either. Yeah, definitely. It it, it kind of seems like anyone that was, or at least mostly, of the original disciples, you know, minus Zigbar, they seem to me not Norded. Mm-hmm. And then anyone that was like taken after the you know the, the initial six disciples, except for Axel, mm-hmm. they are all Norded. It's uh... so I guess. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because, you know, we haven't seen Demix yet. He's the only one we haven't seen. Yes. And I personally... So we'll have to see where he falls. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think he would be Norded, though, because he's... I mean, not to rag on him, because I like him. He's kind yeah. of a lazy good-for-nothing. Yeah. And I don't see but... why Xehanort would want him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see that either, though. I don't know. I guess at least in the... F- in the fan community and pure and I I think this has very little to do with how he's characterized and mostly to do how his battle is. I think a lot of people have now taken based on how difficult his boss fight is for a lot of people to mean that there's sort of like more than meets the eyes with Demix and that you mm. know he's actually secretly evil and he doesn't really show it. But I think that's <sighs> mostly based on his boss fight and gameplay. But I think it would be an interesting twist to his character, mm-hmm. and if they decide if they decided to go that way, I think this would be the chance to do it. Is with Kingdom Hearts three, I feel like he would have less to hide in this situation. Yeah, but I could I, I could see him like go the more conventional route, and he's just like, oh, he's back, and he's just whatever. Like he, he was just an idiot. Maybe he was just walking down the wrong street one day, got eaten by a heartless. <laughs> And then was, popped out, popped out of nobody, and it's like, I don't know. They just found him one day. I would love so. if Demix could just, you know, he doesn't. I want him to be like a neutral person. Yes. Like he doesn't help either side. He's just there. At the very least, like I just want him there to play sitar. Yeah, just, you know, just be there. But maybe, maybe go be at Ratatouille's little uh, restaurant. He could be the entertainment for the food. Just exactly. That, that would be great. I would, I'd give him a tip. I'd throw some money at him. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of things related to Kingdom Hearts 3, I want to get an idea of what are, so, what are some of your hopes for Kingdom Hearts 3? Some things that maybe have not been resolved for you as a Kingdom Hearts fan and that you think, you know, it's time. Kingdom Hearts 3, this is, this is the time for them to finally do it. Uh, uh, my number one is... Uh... You know, Kyrie. Yep, that's <laughs> it's definitely about time. I way it's way about time. Yeah, 
Because it's so like, de- yeah, it's I don't think she's a bad Kyrie. character. It's just she doesn't get much yeah. screen time. So how do you feel of the vi- of the very little footage we have seen of her? And I'm talking like with, I'm also including 0.2. Okay. So with 0.2 and all, and what we've seen of her in the trailer. Do we also do count f- that little snippet from the orchestra? You can count that too. Okay. How do you feel about how they're treating her so far? And do you think, it does it give you hope with how you've seen her so far? Yes, it does give me hope because, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to the trouble of actually giving her the spotlight. Yes. In a couple true. of these, you know, areas. Um, specifically, you know, I brought, I brought up the orchestra where she yes. has that letter that she sends to Sora. I don't know if we'll actually have see him read it in the game, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, where she talks about like her and Lee training, and then like Lee is a uh, you know apologizing over and over again about kidnapping her because that was the last time they saw each other. Yes, and um, I just there's so much like I feel opportunity there for both of these characters to grow. Yes, and become definitely. like the new best friends, you know. Yes, that that will be interesting. Do you think Kyrie will be playable in this game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I we hope do so. know that there, we do know there is at least at least one playable character that is not Sora. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if we run on the assumption there's only the one other, I'd say no because I think that would be Riku. Okay. Because I, I, I would say that's a very likely choice. Because mm-hmm, he's like he and Mickey are off in the realm of darkness doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I have I have another choice that is a little bit unconventional. Okay. But I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe it could be. You know, if they if if, if it was me and if I had to choose just one character to be. The, ga- the playable character, I would actually not choose Riku, and I would choose young Zehanort oh. specifically in the past. Oh, like at the uh, E3 2015 trailer? Yes. So in that era of when they're playing chess, I would want to play during that time oh, and then okay. set up how he ends up on his path and do it through gameplay. That'd be cool. So, I, I, I could get behind that. And especially since, you know, th- this whole saga has been, you know, sort of dubbed the Zehanort saga or the Dark Seeker saga. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to see how this, you know, little boy became the Dark Seeker. I guess in a way they sort of show him, you know, at some point on Dusty Islands and he's like, oh, this world is just too small. Well, you know, it would be nice to... Pl- you know, maybe play his journey up until that point to see how how he becomes this person that is sort of, sort of like disenfranchised with the world he lives in. Mm. I could, yeah, we get like the full context of how he mm-hmm. went on this journey to villainy. Exactly. That being said, of course, God, I want to play Riku, and of course, <sighs> I want to play Kyrie. Would- <laughs> like. Back when uh, when Cage Three was first announced, I actually had it in my head we were gonna do it like Birth by Sleep style with the three protagonists, and yeah. it would be Sora, Riku, Kairi. Yeah, and it's kind of set do up you... like that too because it's they're all doing yeah. their own thing. Do you want 
Or do you think it would even work to have, at least at some point in Kingdom Hearts 3, a time where Donald and Goofy, they take the back seat, and your party is Sora, Riku, and Kairi, all three Keyblade wielders in one party? I would love that so much because you never really see all three of them fight together. Unless yeah, you never. kind of sort of count <laughs> well, the end of Cage we, we've 2. Seen, we've seen, yeah, we've seen Sora and Riku together, but like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that one cutscene. Kyrie technically, but we don't really see that. Yeah. It's just like inferred. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, this would be the time to do it. I just wonder personally, gameplay-wise, how it would kind of work, having all three be Keyblade wielders. But I guess we kind of had something similar to that in Birth by Sleep when all three of them were fighting against that one little boss in Radiant Garden in the middle of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe it could be kind of like that, but I would kind of want it to be more substantial than that. But I feel like yeah, the, the place where they would have to do that, if they do decide to do that, would be yeah. at the final battle, like one of the phases. Yeah, it would have to be. Because uh, at the very least, Kyrie's got to get at least skilled enough <laughs> to be able to be worth fighting alongside Riku and Sora, who have had years to train. They've had so. a good like seven seven games exactly at least so that being said sora at least at the very least sora forgets everything <laughs> so oh but it's so, okay sora, it sora, happens all the sora time. Sort of, yeah sora starting from square one <laughs> so maybe maybe that gives Kyrie some hope it's like oh sora, sora doesn't know anything either great and she's with lee in the hyperbolic time chamber so i mean yeah there you go training with merlin mm-hmm. more or less so yeah i think those are those are really great. I guess I guess my one last question is uh you know what are you doing in advance uh of you know in advance of Kingdom Hearts 3 releasing how are you going to prepare like what Kingdom Hearts games are you going to play are you going to play all of them are you going to watch some just as cutscenes how are you going to prepare for Kingdom Hearts 3? Ooh. Um I have two things I was actually planning on doing. Yes. Uh actually it- does not involve playing the games actually. Okay. Uh, a, I was gonna watch. Uh, I don't know if you you know that this is happening, but Everglow, the YouTuber, is yep. doing like this yeah, timeline got... series. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems really good. So like right before KH three comes out, I'm just gonna marathon what we have at that point. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be finished by then. I'd like to, to be... think so. Yeah, he seems to be pumping them out at a good pace every like two days everything he's doing Mm -hmm. uh those are so good too like high quality yeah uh and then the second thing i was gonna do is um there are a couple movies in king hearts 3 that i haven't actually like seen yes i'm gonna watch like all the movies that have to do with kh3 because uh half of them so far are taking place after or like in between movies so i'm gonna need you know context Yes, yes. And then, that, um, that is fair. And then, of course, the movies that I just haven't seen yet. Like, I haven't seen At World's End, but I did see Dead Man's Chest. Okay, yeah. I've, I've, seen, I've seen At World's End, but it was a long time ago. I so played, maybe, maybe I played the video game At World's End, but I never watched it. <laughs> was that the one that was on the PS3 that was kind of good? I think that was... Hmm, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I seem to remember there was like a PS3 Pirates of the Caribbean game and people were saying, wow, it's surprisingly okay. 
Yeah. And, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, the only thing, the only thing that came out of that game is, uh, cause at that point, cage two was a thing. So Port Royal was a yes. thing. And so I'm yes. like, Oh, if pirates ever comes back, I want to fight Davy Jones. Yep. Well, and then lo and behold, uh, acor- according to Tetsuya Nomura, we will not only fight Davy Jones, but he specifically picked this movie so that we would have an, as dynamic as possible of a fight with Davy Jones. I am so excited for that. I've been wanting yeah, this since so, King Hearts 2. Yep. So he's he, he's he's on the same team as you. He loves Davy Jones. And yes. who wouldn't? He's really cool. And mm. not 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 saying nothing, but they definitely like all the plot points that are important about Davy Jones are set up in Pirates 1. So it's it, you know, we we have all the information we need to have for you know davy jones uh with regards to kingdom hearts so i can't wait good because so, the first one i've watched so many times i could quote all of jack's lines oh yeah that's oh man you know it's, it's the best so mm-hmm. anyway so thank you so much nahi it was a great pleasure for talking to you thank you so much for your support i can't I, you know, I can't uh, imagine what it's like to so support us for so long, but thank you so much and you know put for putting up with us. Oh, it's no big deal. I love I like the way you guys, you know, bring in all the news that are like interspersed in the interwebs and just put them in one place. Thank you so much. That yes. that is uh, a great honor. So, thank you so much and uh yeah, now we will be moving on to our question segment. Our question today comes from Dan Price, and he asks, Do you think we'll have to wait a long time for the full version of Don't Think Twice? When do you think they'll release it? Honestly, I think we will. I mean, I mean, but the, here's the thing, though. In today's world, with streaming and all that and YouTube, I always think we don't have to wait that long. It won't be as insane as Sanctuary, because Sanctuary was released on Utada's Inc. second English album, this is the one. Yeah. Only on the CD, like you, you, you could buy it digitally on iTunes, but it was not available there. You'd actually had to buy her physical CD to get Sanctuary, Sanctuary After Battle, and Simple and Clean. Yeah. So it just takes forever. Yeah. So I think that with today's world, with you know digital streaming and all that, I, I don't think wasn't we'll, that uh, this is the one album wasn't that released in like two thousand eight or something like that two thousand nine two thousand nine so original you know original release of passion was 2005 first time we heard sanctuary i think was in like a trailer but that would have was yeah it would have been in like 2006 we did not hear sanctuary in 2005 and don't you don't you remember that the only way to have a copy of sanctuary after the battle was you had to download recorder straight from the game yeah you gotta like, rip the it straight from voices. the game yeah that that yeah, yeah that and terrible. We, people had to use that for a long time until utada's uh album came out then we finally had clear versions of it yeah. now i think last either this sometime earlier this year or last year i think it was earlier this year they finally put all of utada's albums on streaming servers like spotify and album yeah, music yeah. so i think that it, it, it's a toss-up because you know it, we could wait we could even wait all until january for it yeah true but at the same time i mean there isn't really any other major english like uh release anything that can 
hint that towards a release because with uh what's it called with the simple and clean remix for 2.8 didn't that come out like randomly it i think so uh she had i think it was like a mini album that she released it was an it was like like an ep that was was released on like itunes and yeah i think that with i mean they're not i think they're gonna have to release a small little ep album as well with i think that's probably what they'll do and actually like my understanding of just the like asian record releasing process is that that's generally how it is that's generally how they do things is they'll have their albums and then they'll have their like mini albums that you know are sprinkled in between the big album releases so you know right now this is she's just released hotskoy which is a i believe this is a full album release so this is a brand new full album so i i'll definitely agree that i think if we get, you know, whenever we get Don't Think Twice, like, released, the English version, it'll probably release on an album like that. A, you know, a smaller EP kind of an album. Yeah, because I'm looking, even though it doesn't say the date, it says 2017, so Simple and Clean, Ray of Hope makes EP, and it's had four songs, which is yeah. the Ray of Hope versions, and then two remixes. Yeah, so I think, it. and that came out after... Uh, her last album, which was Fantome, I think Fantome came out in 2016. So, and then she didn't have a full album in 2017, but that that EP did release in 2017. So, it it may be yeah next it, it may be next year that we'll get like an actual proper release. But in terms of like when we'll actually hear it in full for the first time, or at least hear more of it. I think, yeah, it'll probably be, you know, I think maybe at the end of this year, that would probably be the earliest that we might hear more from the English version, Don't Think Twice. But it's very possible that we might have to wait for, like, a uh, a launch trailer for us okay. to actually hear, like, a longer version of it. Okay, so 2.8 came out. When did it come out for Japan? The 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 twelfth, right? The twelfth, yeah, January twelfth. Yeah, because the e, the EP album came out January eleventh, a day before the okay. Japanese release of two point eight. Gotcha. So, so it might it might be close. Like she might be like like that that album. What what tracks are on it? Is it mostly just Ray of Hope mix? Does she have any other songs that are it had, not? It had the Simple and Clean Ray of Hope mix, the Hikari okay. uh, Ray of Hope mix. It had simple and clean peas club mix, and then Hikari peas club mix. Okay, so it was, so that one, that album right there, that is specifically targeted at Kingdom Hearts fans because it's only Kingdom Hearts songs. So I would not be surprised if she didn't have an uh, a mini album just like this. And so if, if anything, if anything, yeah. they'll probably release like if you know how. So, uh, Simple King got, got like a remix, you know, yeah. then you have the original version. So unless Utada plans to have a remix played at the very beginning of the, of the game and then the original version is the ending theme. So I th- I think that we'll probably find out to close to maybe the release of both versions that we'll exactly. probably get another EP with, you know, with, uh you know, Chikai yeah. and Don't Think Twice plus the remix versions if they have them. So I think it'll probably be at least probably sometime in Jan. my guess is sometime in january before the release that we're gonna get like another ep with those songs for everyone and in terms of uh release timing i just checked and so so hutskoy that's her current big album her last big album was september 28th 2016 that was fantome and then this ep that we're talking about that released 
in January in line with uh, zero uh, with two point eight. So it it's very similar timing to what we could have here. So it's very possible that you know around the time Kingdom Hearts three releases in Japan and in North America, they might release a you know just a small album that has like you said the main versions of Don't Think Twice and Chikai and also whatever the you know remixes are if it's an opening version or an ending version what you know whatever remix it is so i i would definitely agree with you there so probably january and like it, it totally lines up you know she did something similar to this for uh you know for 2.8 so maybe that'll be it so hopefully that's the case and we'll be able to listen to the full versions sooner rather than later because i don't know about you Chur, but i can't wait to hear what those lyrics are because <laughs> They're yeah, very especially, different, especially after reading the full the, the translated lyrics of Chikai. Oh yeah, it makes me Super wonder different. how the English version is going to be. Yeah, can't wait to see. So uh, anyway, moving on to our music segment. Our music segment. Speaking of Chikai, uh, we have a f- cover of the full version of Chikai, which is like. Uh, just just heads up timing of this podcast we are recording this uh for me it is saturday uh june 30th for you churro i'm guessing it is also saturday but really early is, is no it's uh it's still the 29th oh, that okay so friday okay so we're we're recording this mere days after the after this song has come out and we have already gotten a full cover of this. Uh, this one comes from HinaTube channel on YouTube. Uh, HinaTube is a Japanese singer. I think she's got her own original stuff. Uh, but this one, and this will be some interesting Japanese that even I didn't, I've never heard of this Japanese. So in brackets in front of the title of this cover, uh, it's called a Mimi copy. So Mimi is the Japanese word for ear. And then copy is copy. Like, 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 to copy something. So my understanding of what this means is, so this girl, Hina, she listened to Chikai and by ear uh, was able to duplicate and make her own instrumental and sing this whole song by ear. So if you guys want to see her sing it, you can find her on YouTube, HinaTube channel. She's She's got a great voice and seems like a great singer, so please support her. Our next... Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 17th of July. And uh, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we are number one. Yay. And I've recently, (laughs) I've recently checked us. I I recently did did that search on iTunes and we are still number one. (laughs) Most of the times, I just say this blindly, assuming that is the case. I have recently checked it and verified, yes, we are still number one if you search for Kingdom Hearts. And it's and been like that, what, for like eight years now? It's eight, been there for like that for a long time. Almost I like if, 10 yeah. years now. I, I think this started in 2009. Yeah, this started in 2009, so we are almost at the 10-year mark for this for this podcast. And that is, that is a little bit scary and a little bit exciting. And uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you guys have any questions, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it is goodbye time. Oh, we're having so much fun today. I know, but 
you know, the fun has only just begun because we've got it's, all this time ahead of us to wait. You know, after, I mean, after the magic of E3, getting the release date, trailers, interviews, and you know, we finally this, got is Chikai. this is it, guys. And Chikai is out. This is it, guys. You know, Square Enix has started their marketing push for Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. You know, it's just, it's the 29th for me currently still. So that means we're seven months away yep. from the game being released. It'll be in our hands. Just hold on a little bit longer, guys. Yes. We got this. Just a little bit longer. Everybody, everybody, just just chill. No, I, I would highly recommend, very highly recommend to take this time to replay <laughs> all the Kingdom Hearts games. You, got pl- you have plenty of time. There's a whole lot of time that is seven months. You know, if if each game is about, you know, roughly 40 hours a piece, you know, you can knock one out. You can pretty much knock one out a month uh, for, for the next seven months and be you could You can even knock out. If, if, if you're that much of a gamer, you could probably knock it out within a week. Yeah, you could probably like, knock at least it out one. Yeah, you could definitely knock one out. A, you could definitely knock one out a week. It's not that bad. So I would Especially, highly, I highly recommend please play through all the games in advance if you are a Kingdom Hearts fan. Yeah, so you know you don't have to play Rechained Memories. You can always you don't watch have that on to YouTube. Watch that on YouTube, exactly. Same with, like there's, same with there's, Days, same with Coded. Same with Days, same with Coded. So like pretty much just Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, Birth by Sleep, and Dream Drop Distance. And then... And 0.2. And, yeah, in 0.2. And that, that's short, so it's not a big deal. And then other than that, just watch all the other ones for cutscene purposes, and yeah, you'll be good to go. But definitely do not go in there without having being without having being refreshed, because there's a lot of a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people that met other people, like Namora said. Like a lot of a lot of characters are coming back. Maybe the last time we'll see them. So let's all refresh and see where this all began in the prior games. So anyway, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.